to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar all right so this episode has been in the works since this game not even just came out but has been announced we've been talking about it and it's time to finally put the seal on it but we cannot do that without a very special guest today on the podcast we brought on one of game tea podcast's biggest fans and critics the man who we've given more apologies to than anybody Please welcome one Mr. Peaches to the podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Peaches. I'm the guy that yells at JP and the DMs all the time. Every time. <laughs> Every No, that's absolutely true. It's always Mass Effect, too. Mass Effect, and uh, I think when we had to apologize for Scott Pilgrim, was it Zach that you talked to about that one? Uh, yeah, because I talked to you about it, and the uh, appropriate actions were not being taken, so... Hey, we issued a formal apology. (laughs) We did issue a formal apology. We covered our own asses. You were even the name of an episode. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I thought fame would feel like. (laughs) Because that's how much we care. (laughs) I want to be known that I do whatever it takes to make our fans happy. Good job, Zach. Claps all around for Zach. So today's the day we're talking about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm scared, I'm nervous, maybe even a little aroused. Oh, We're bringing on our boy Peaches for a couple of reasons. First of all, he deserves a little bit of limelight. It's like, how many episodes can our fans listen to before they're like, who the hell is this Peaches guy? Is he in the (laughs) podcast or not? Yeah, we've talked about Peaches a lot. We butt heads with Peaches a lot. And finally, he's here. Although Peaches was featured in one of our segments. Um, That's true. I think it was when we chose each other's or chose each other's backlogs. And Zach called Peaches, and he ranted at us. Yeah, because one of the games on my list was Mass Effect. That you still haven't played. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I am still salty about that episode. It's it's never going away. <laughs> I'm so tickled. <laughs> it keeps him up at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting in my bed, fucking Octopath Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever finish that? Anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't. I spent... Look, this is not about me, okay? This is, this, this is not about me. Yeah, he's not on trial right now. Sorry, I'm coming after you. What were we talking about, Cyberpunk? First of all, this is wild because there's only been one other time that we've dedicated a full episode to only one game, which is ironic because the Game Team podcast thing on Twitter is game reviews, but we have only dedicated one full episode to another game, and it was The Last of Us Part Two, which deserved to happen because of the cultural impact The Last of Us had. So we're doing the same thing with Cyberpunk 2077, because if you're a gamer and you don't know what this game is, you're not a gamer. Because it's been, <laughs> Honestly, because it's been everywhere. You're not a gamer. Are you gatekeeping gaming right now? 
You're damn right I am. <laughs> Hold on, where's my fedora? <laughs> oh, I got one above me. That means that Zach is absolutely right. We have a lot of thoughts about this, but there's it's more than that. This is there's a story going on here. So we've got three points to talk about today. We need to talk about before the game was released. All the crazy stuff leading up to this moment. Upon release, how we feel about the game, things that are going on, and a formal review. And finally, we will talk about the legacy that this game is going to leave. So, it's time to get going, boys. Let's start off with the before time. The happy time. When we were all still living in... I mean, COVID was still here. But we all had hopes that Cyberpunk 2077 was going to cure disease, fix broken marriages, and be the best game anyone has ever played. It was going to put hair back on my head. <laughs> uh, so are we talking about the before times as in like last year? Or are we talking about the before times as in like when Cyberpunk was announced like seven years ago? No, let's go just to when it was released last year. Because I know the game's been in development for quite some time. But people the majority of people haven't actually known about it and been hyped up for it since last year, like the beginning mm. of this year, earlier last year. So let's start when the hype took off. Let's start when Keanu Reeves made his big appearance at the last set of game awards. Yeah. I mean, the, the hype from that moment was insane. I mean, like the number of memes with Keanu Reeves, which is like basically free promotion promotion for cyberpunk just kind of kept going and going since that E3 announcement of that he was going to be in the game. It was absolutely insane just how much you were seeing Keanu Reeves after that. I don't know about you, Peaches, but did you actually know about this project before that day? Yeah. Um, you did? Uh, yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk has been in the works for a very long time, as I said. Like, I, I remember reading like on Reddit and stuff that like people like first heard about this game when they were in sixth grade and now they're graduating from high school or like they're in the middle of their college career or stuff like that they're like it's, this game has been in the works for a while a lot of people have known about it and it was even in the witcher 3 i believe it was referenced like siri references really? it yeah because you know siri's like a time traveler this isn't about witcher but yeah it's referenced in witcher 3 wow i did not know that that's crazy Zach, did you know that? You played The Witcher 3. Bitch, I'm just happy I finished The Witcher 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I did not know that. All right, so we had this announcement right then and there. Now, that's the moment where it became like a niche piece of information to more mainstream gaming news. You know, people were curious about the nature of Cyberpunk 2077. So were you also like interested in the game at the same time you knew about it? Were you like, oh, this sounds cool? Absolutely, because I mean... CD Projekt Red made The Witcher 3, and I don't know if you know this, but I love The Witcher 3. You don't I, say. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, I had a lot of a lot, a lot of high hopes going into this game because The Witcher 3, like, I played The Witcher 3 late, like, after the DLCs were both released for it, and, like, even then, like, a year or two after that. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was incredible. That game is great, but... Like, that kind of set my expectations for what Cyberpunk could be and would be going forward. I mean, you knew what the premise of the game was supposed to be, right? You like, like, The Witcher yeah. 3 is obviously, like, you know, this fantasy-type game, which is crit critically acclaimed. Everybody loves that game. But you mm -hmm. knew Cyberpunk was going to be something completely different, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, just off the premise of Cyberpunk, you can't, uh, you know, make it, like, a fantasy-style... I guess you could make it a fantasy-style game, but... You know, like I saw the previews for it. I saw like the uh, like kind of stills they had from the game and stuff like that. So I knew like what this game was going to be. But, you know, when you see like a game studio make a really, really good game, 
that just kind of sets the bar for where they should be in their future produced games. Kind of random insertion here, but have you guys noticed this kind of trend with a lot of developers of if they make a fantasy series, they have a sci-fi series. Like we got Bioware with Mass Effect and Dragon Age, Bethesda with uh, Elder Scrolls and Fallout, and now CD Projekt Red with Witcher and Cyberpunk. I wasn't even making the connection until you said something, to be honest. Yeah, I, just, but you're I right. just noticed that, and that's kind of weird. Well, Bioware double dipped in their sci-fi games because they also did Star Wars, so. And Anthem. Ah, yes. Yeah, but, yeah so Bioware clearly leans to one side of it, but yeah, that does seem to be a trend that I hadn't really picked up on at all. Good point, sir. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> all right, so that was when intrigue for this game first started, like really generating amongst like the general public. Like you said, there were people that knew about it before Keanu Reeves made his big splash. But people saw Keanu, people saw this game, and people were really interested. And since then, I made the comment that I have never seen a game more hyped up before its release ever in my entire span of being a gamer and, like, for past games. This is, like, the most hyped up game before its actual release I've ever seen. Do you agree with that sentiment? I'll agree with that one. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like... The, the only thing that even comes close, I feel like, was uh, Skyrim. And Skyrim dropped so soon after, like, people knew about it at E3 that, like, the hype didn't really have enough time to build to what Cyberpunk has, like, been building to for, like, a year now. So there's really nothing that even, like, everything pales in comparison to, like, what Cyberpunk has been building as far as hype. Totally disagree. Super Smash Brothers Brawl, when Sonic got announced, <laughs> internet was on fire. Okay? On fire. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Uh, uh, I digress. <laughs> oh, Zachary. <laughs> you guys may continue. Just had to put Nintendo in here. <laughs> All right. So ever since that day where it first got announced, we've had just an insane amount of articles talking about the game and an unprecedented amount of people coming together to talk about how excited they are for this game, which inevitably led to unrealistic expectations being created for this game. So... Are you surprised then to whoever wants to answer this, Peaches, Zach, or Czar? So my other co-host, what's his name? Uh, Czar. <laughs> hey, I'm here too. You can't forget about me. I wouldn't forget about you, buddy. I wouldn't let you. <laughs> I haunt your dreams. Oh, I know you do, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so are you guys surprised that these phenomenally huge expectations were set for this game then with all of this we've been talking about? Not at all. Take a little page out of Zara's playbook, lower your expectations, and you'll never be disappointed. That's fair. Sounds, <laughs> that sounds kind of sad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'm not disappointed. There were definitely some unrealistic expectations set. Like, there, I, I remember reading some stuff online about just, like, what people expected to be in this game, and if that... Like, some of this stuff just is not realistic. Like, you gotta realize that it's just, you can't get, like, everything in the world to be, like, the best that it could be. Like, you're, you're not gonna get a game that has, like, better driving than GTA or the more expansive story. Like, I feel like this game does a lot of things for the story, but we can get into that later. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that people expected from this game that I don't think were realistic and it was unfair mm -hmm. to expect and put that onto the developers. Yeah, that's absolutely true, especially with CD Projekt Red being so new. That being said, I think a lot of people's expectations drew from, okay, yes, they're a new developer, but also The Witcher 
is amazing, especially The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt turned out amazing. And I could probably expect the same kind of quality in this immense project that they're trying to take on. I feel like that's part of the catalyst for where people were getting these expectations. Didn't Wild Hunt win Game of the Year a few years ago? I believe so. Or was that Did Witcher it win? 2? I'm pretty sure it won. I, I, I remember watching a recap. I bought the Game of the Year edition. Ah, oh, so yeah. There you go. Yeah, coming off of those coattails, then yeah, the the fans would definitely expect something of that caliber. I'm just saying, this game's not out of Game of the Year just yet. JP thought Last of Us 2 was out of the Game of the Year when he did his, his episode. and uh, That's true. That's true. He should have kept faith. <laughs> oh, and we'll get into this when we actually talk about the game as it is now, but I, I don't think that it's out for Game of the Year. I mean, it's we've got a whole year ahead of us, literally, mm-hmm. to see what else comes out. But And people do love this game. Like it, it They do. You guys have had fun playing this game. Oh, I, I yeah. can't wait to start this game and... So yeah, it's definitely not out of that running. We'll get into this a little later, but the, I've enjoyed the game because I have a pretty nice quality PC that can run it. <laughs> yeah. You would expect it to be, and most people do not have that. So yeah. the last thing I want to talk about before the hype up is the, or before we get into the actual release, is the amount of delays. Now, to me, when I saw three delays for Cyberpunk 2077, the first one being in April, the most recent one being in November, That was a big red flag to me that, okay, people are hyped for this game, but it's probably not going to be all that people want it to be. And I can tell that the studio is getting strained. Were you guys getting those same vibes? Oh, absolutely. I was actually just kind of expecting delays. Like, I wasn't necessarily taking it as a red flag, as I probably should have. But with a game like this, I just kind of expect it to be delayed because that's just kind of how it works. To me, I mean, the delays in itself kind of set off some flags and some lights in my head where I really started to see people's expectations just being way too high for the product that they were supposed to be getting was if we went over this in the podcast actually looking at comments for each one of the posts that CD Projekt Red had to make that the game was getting delayed especially the last one that said it was being pushed to December if you went under the comments of that tweet first of all CD Projekt Red put out this very heartfelt like apology that the game was getting delayed. And you could tell that they didn't want to do that and that they knew they were going to get drawback, but they would rather deal with people being assholes than release a not good product. And they're still like that. But that didn't stop people from commenting things like, you know, oh, fuck you guys. I'm putting in my pre or I'm returning my pre-order or, you know, I took a whole day off of work for your game. (laughs) Fuck you, Project. That was my favorite one. (laughs) That They didn't know what to do with their day off. They were also getting, like, death threats and I was like, alright, you're taking it, uh, you're taking it a few steps too far there, bud. That, to me, I'm like, okay, this game better be amazing. It better be incredible or else people are gonna be very upset. So, I, I like what you guys have been saying about the delays. Um, I think I would agree with Peaches a little bit more on that. I didn't see the three delays as a red flag, but the last delay I definitely saw was a red flag because they, they what, they pushed the game back not even a month. It was like two weeks. No, it was like three weeks. Yeah, it was, it was three weeks. And I was like, ooh, if if they're going to delay a game, it's going to be a substantial delay for quality purposes. And so I knew with how short the delay was going to be that, it was not going to be a quality product. Yeah, exactly. That was a part of it. That's a part of the whole shebang. And it's just kind of another weird piece to this puzzle that is Cyberpunk 2077. So 
in summary of like the before launch, like before the game was launched, it was announced. We had our boy Keanu talk about it. And then ever since then, it's just been building this enormous mountain of expectations that I didn't think could possibly be met. And I thought was going to disappoint people, even if the game was incredible. So that takes us to launch day. Now, first of all, Peaches, did you pre-order the game? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I pre-ordered a few different times because I couldn't decide what I was going to play it on and then ended up pre-ordering it on PC. Which proved to be a pretty smart move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to get into the, the launch, the console launch is a mess. Like, it, it's just the, the whole game is not looking like it should, you know? Like, mashed potato people. That's what makes this so challenging to talk about at the moment because... They're trying to fix the bugs and glitches. They're trying to make this game playable on consoles because it's not. And at the same time, just like improve aspects for, uh, along all lines for this game. So that's why it's so hard to give this game a true rating is because like I've never seen a game that gives you such a different experience depending on where you decide to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would you would definitely have to rank it depending on which platform you're reviewing it for. And that's um, the challenge of it. Is baby, like this is the average. Like you know, when you go from the Xbox 360 to the uh, Wii version, there were you know, there's just a little bit of a difference. You just you kind of <laughs> notice the waggle control. Like the difference between playing The Witcher on a PC versus the Switch. <laughs> yeah, Zach, uh, I wouldn't be looking forward to this game coming out on Switch anytime soon. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> it's gonna look like San Andreas, bro. But it's on the Stadia. <laughs> Stadia. If, if it's on the Stadia, why is it not on the Switch? All right, fair. They're about equivalent. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start by addressing that. Actually, let's talk about how the game is unplayable on most consoles. Now, yeah, I actually, I actually had a quick question here. So yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, go for it. You guys were saying that it's unplayable on consoles. I had been doing a lot of reading on uh, current gen consoles. It was virtually unplayable, but I haven't seen too much on the next gen consoles. Um, are they are they seeing a lot of the same problems as modern gen, or are they kind of on par with PC? If you bought Cyberpunk 2077 for the base model of the PlayStation 4, you're going to have a bad time. Hell, even if you bought it for the and you're using the PlayStation 4 Pro, it's a little bit of an upgrade, but you're still getting a lot of like the texture patching issues. There's not as many NPCs. The world's not as flashy. They just tried to do too much for the PlayStation and the Xbox. In fact, a good friend of mine who had the Xbox One returned Cyberpunk because it was quote unquote unplayable. Frame drop, you know, horrible texture issues, frame drop issues. So that's what it's like on last gen. Now, if you were to look at the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, you're definitely going to get a huge boost in performance in those areas and those consoles. And you better because you're working with a lot better of technology, including a better CPU, GPU, and of course, the solid state drive. Um, that being said, even then, you're probably not going to get the experience that you were promised, to be honest. I mean, you're still going to have frame rate issues. So is it still unplayable, though? Unplayable, no. Because for all intents and purposes, for this current gen, it is unplayable. But I just, I wasn't sure about the Series X and the 5. Well, in CD Projekt Red, actually, like, I think they admitted after all the backlash that, like, they spent a lot less time on the console versions of this game as compared to PC. And that's why they restricted the reviews to only PC copies of the game. 
Ah, that's a big part of like the controversy up to this point is the game was definitely optimized to go with not even just PC, but like higher end PCs, which you don't want to do because you're excluding so many people in that. I understand that they wanted to make this fantastic, amazing, huge game, but now that's half the reason why they're in this problem, this hole that they're in now is in a way cyberpunk is just ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, and to say the game is optimized would uh, be inaccurate. Like, the game is very poorly optimized. Like, even on my PC, like, I don't want to say I have a top-tier gaming PC, because I definitely don't, but, like... Have this... you heard about Peach's PC? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, there are certain areas of, of Night City where I'm getting, like, 15 FPS, and I know hearing somebody talk about 15 oh. FPS will make people, you know... Yeah, cringe, that's but... cringy. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, like, at some point... It's so gratuitous what people say about FPS, because at some point it doesn't matter anymore. 15 FPS is terrible, awful, baloney. Yeah, and like, I think I think that's about the standard of what it's running on on current gen consoles, you know? Or, well, I guess it's current gen now PS5 and Xbox Series S. Well, I would consider the current gen being the uh, one in the PlayStation 4, because right. they're, not, they're not outdated and they haven't been abandoned yet. Like, we haven't completely transitioned to the Series X and 5 the PlayStation 5. And that's a weird conversation that we can have for a different time, but right yeah, now... it's just splitting hairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point. Yeah, but it's like it's clearly not running. Like, 15 FPS is, like, generous on, like, a PS4 and an Xbox One. And, like, when was the last time that that was the gold standard for video games was 15 FPS? N64. Yeah. <laughs> N64, baby. <laughs> the game's not optimized properly for anything. But that's not the only issue. The next big thing, which has been memed to death, is the bugs and glitches of this game, making people claim that it is unfinished. So, out of curiosity, Peaches, what is the most game-breaking bug you've had so far, and what's the funniest bugs you've had so far? Okay, so funniest bug I've had so far, um, this is kind of a small one, but like in the game, just like in Witcher 3, you can call your horse. In this game, you can call your car to you. And uh, I have had multiple times where I will call my car to me and it just drives away. Like it drives right past me and keeps going. And I feel, I, I, I feel like a little kid chasing after the school bus. Like, guys, come on, wait up. You have months of fries on my floor. I am not picking your bitch ass up. <laughs> um, the most game breaking bug, I guess it's not even game breaking, but like there's this audio issue where like, I'm only hearing half the conversation from like like important dialogue in the story and i'm only hearing like half the conversation so like one person will talk and then another person will talk but like one of those people is not talking in my game so i'm hearing like imagine hearing one half of a phone call and that's yeah. like what i'm getting from the dialogue oh that's annoying yeah so like i have to like restart the game in order to like hear the full thing do subtitles help? Like, do you still see yes. the subtitle? Oh, yeah, man. but I mean, if you're not hearing the audio, it's it's, yeah, it's a, different. Out of the moment, man. Yeah. What are you paying voice actors for if you're only going to play half the audio? <laughs> right. So for me, the funniest bug, which is actually hysterical and my favorite thing ever, is I've got this bug where if I hit anywhere, like uh, my main vehicle right now was Jackie's uh, motorcycle. Mm -hmm. I have this weird bug where if you hit between 120 and 130 miles per hour, you start nakedly T-posing on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you're just roaming around town like your clothes come off and you're just, you know, and they put <laughs> a lot of go surfing on top of your car nude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Have you seen the bug where if you're wearing a hat anytime you look in the mirror during a cutscene, your character is bald? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the funniest bug I've seen um, was actually a pretty good exploit of the system, but somebody traveled by using a dash function uh, and they cleared the entire map in like 10 seconds. Yeah, I oh, saw that. They would just dash, slow down time, and then shoot forward. And they ended up going like 400 miles an hour. <laughs> my other favorite funny bug was there was one time I was going up the elevator to get back to like my apartment, which by the way, I love that area, but we'll get into that. Have you heard but, about JP's apartment? Have you heard about my <laughs> It's called my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> Villa Day JP's house. I got one more funny bug that might be better if it's okay if I interrupt No, no, you. no, go for it. I can't wait. Uh, so there's this mission I was doing. It's a side mission where you're, it's like one of the bonus objectives is specifically not to kill anybody in there. And so I'm doing this objective and like there are these drones in the game that kind of fly around and like if they see a dead body, they'll come search for you. Yeah. This drone spotted like one of like the unconscious bodies that I had and it goes up to it slams on the ground, smashes its head, and then I fail the objective and have to restart. Oh, that is, that's great. That drone was a dick. <laughs> I had one where I was going up like the elevator to my apartment in the game, but like my hand got stuck, like it started glitching on the button that you use to go up. So I tried to get out of the elevator, but my hand was like stuck on that point and my arms just started stretching out. So I was just walking around with my arm and it was like clipping through walls and stuff. But right when I was about to enter my apartment, uh, because I had to use my hand to open the door to my apartment, the hand came back and slapped a police officer in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And they all killed me. Man, the physics of this game are crazy. (laughs) So we're making light of it. But I mean, the truth is that like, although these bugs are funny, not all of them are funny. This game has been riddled and i literally mean you can't go a few seconds without something wacky happening glitches bugs not all of them funny some of them breaking the game and actually taking away from your experience so if that's not a sign that these four people at the studio was being rushed to get this game out i don't know what is do you guys have any more examples of like game breaking bugs Uh, i've got one where like the the driving mechanics in the game aren't fully finished it seems like you know like there's definitely like the collisions in the game make no sense like a lot of the time you'll collide with a car and it doesn't collide like how a car should collide with like ramming into something like a lot of time you like just ramp off of it i've had it happen where i run into a car and it ramps underneath and so i like clip through the map and i'm just falling forever until i decide to load my last save (laughs) oh i hate those that's not uncommon um for me i've had glitches where like all the cars like are under the concrete like on the roads and like there's no cars driving around so like if you try and call you know i've seen that one peaches is absolutely right like if there's any mechanic in this game that was important but not fully fleshed out it's driving Okay, so I this is a, a little bit of an off offbeat question then that I'm kind of putting together. So with all of these game breaking bugs, how are the load times? Because if you're constantly having to reload your saves, I mean, if it's a five minute load time, then what's the point of playing this game? But if it's like 20 seconds, then it can be a little bit laughable. Yeah, my load times are nothing. 
Like it's it's super fast. Uh, I don't know, DJP. I downloaded the game onto my solid state drive, which I think is going to be a testament to to how this plays out on the Xbox uh, Series X and the PlayStation Five. So surprisingly the load times are not that bad hell assassin's creed had worse load times than this game did oh they're notorious for bad load times though <laughs> so that's that's at least a little bit of a redeeming quality but when you have stuff like uh my brother was playing this on ps4 and he said the game crashes every two hours so you know having to restart a ps4 is entirely different than like you know just reloading a save on pc yeah that's that's true too what we're trying to get at here is upon the launch um the game was not what people expected it to be um, because of the bugs and the glitches that literally break the game and keep you from going, and then just not being optimized at all for consoles and just looking horrible. On you know, NPCs look terrible. There's hardly any cars driving around. So, yeah, Peaches is absolutely right. When they were advertising this game, they were using PC-based like reviews to go off of here. So, let's say then that that was not the case. Let's say there were no bugs and glitches. Let's say that this game was playable on all consoles. It's time to actually get into like a short review of the game, what you actually thought of the game itself. And Peaches, I wanted to hand the mic off to you here to get us started with that. I've got four of my, I've got four main points that I wanted to go over here. Gameplay, characters, story, and usually I do graphics and art style first, but I do want to talk about that last because obviously that's where we're having all the issues. All right, well, we'll start with gameplay then. I've seen a lot of stuff about, like, specific... We'll talk... I'm going to start with combat, because that's, like, a big part of it. A lot of people have a problem with, like, melee combat in this game, but I actually really enjoyed the melee combat, and, like, I feel like the game really lends itself to letting you choose how you want to play. Like, if you want to shoot them up with, like, pistols, revolvers, and stuff like that, you can do that. Or if you want to go in, like, you know, if you want to go in with your fists, this is, like, the only, like, game that has guns where, like, using your fists is actually, like, a viable option, which is uh, what I ended up doing. Yeah, that's true. And, of course, you have the option to go stealthy as well. Right, but, I mean, come on. I use stealth. (laughs) I use stealth. (laughs) Shut up, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, and like, there, then there's also like they add this whole other element with like the uh, your quick hacks where you can like hack other people's like cybernetics, like other enemies' cybernetics, and like kind of you play that to your advantage. And and it actually it actually is pretty in depth too. Like that's a great mechanic that like you can hack into other people and hack into other electronics and do all different kinds of mm-hmm. things depending on your level. That you get like a quick time prompt with that or like a brief mini game. Uh, imagine like vats but less annoying from fallout so like you hit tab (laughs) and like you can just kind of like move your cursor or like you can if you're on console you poor soul uh you can (laughs) you can you know just move over to like what enemy you want to target and then select like and like there's all these different quick hacks and that's like a whole nother thing one of them's pretty dark i i I feel kind of iffy about it there's like a quick hack where you can make someone commit suicide yes I feel pretty weird about it. I used it once, and like any other time I used it, I felt like I had to look away because it was, Ooh. it was, it was hard to watch. Like, like wow. the person is like clearly struggling, and like they don't want to commit suicide, and like the cybernetic, like the quick hack forces them to do it, and so Ooh. it's that's pretty messed up. That is dark. It is dark, but like it kind of, I, I don't know if this is intentional, but it kind of like points out like just how like kind of dystopian this future is you know yeah, like, yeah you know? it really makes you think you're not really in control of your body yeah 
like when you have like That's all this technology up, yeah <laughs> when you have all this technology and you're like you're really someone else can take that over because it's technology and I mean, theoretically, it's connected to the internet. For all, all the things that they did wrong with this release, the world they created is not one of them. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, keep going with gameplay. Talk about like uh, some of the menu options, like customizing your character, walking around the world. What do you think of some of that? So the customization, I got to be honest, I was a little disappointed. I don't know about you, JP, because you guys actually talked about it a little bit in an older episode where like the, the different like clothing styles, you know, there was kitsch, neo-kitsch, militaristic, and like, oh, I can't remember what the other one was, like corpo or something. Yep. Um, and those don't really play out how you'd expect, like, because your, your clothing has stats. And so you're just yep. wearing what has the best stats. So like oh, most of the- <laughs> so you're not picking a faction, you're just sporting mm. a faction. <laughs> well, it's not even they're not even factions necessarily. It's just a fashion style. Huh. Um, yeah, so it's uh you're really just like wearing whatever has the best stats and so like a lot of the time you're wearing these mismatched outfits. So it's like, well, I have this dress on, but the stats it gives though. me plus 200 armor. Yeah. So. <laughs> which is not an uncommon problem for games like this right like everybody has mm. been joking about that for ages you know like when right, you're holding yeah. it's shit but it's got the best stats <laughs> yeah exactly oh, and like, minimalist that's, that's, that's minimalist. the one you're yeah, yeah that was the one you were thinking of i don't know why that just popped in my head sorry continue uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, yeah. Um, but yeah and like i i don't know i was kind of hoping that like I would get to choose like all these really cool fashions and like kind of customize my character around those, but it didn't really end up being like that. And it was kind of sad. Like, and you can like go to these clothing stores and uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to buy like new clothes because it gives you stats. And if you want to get, get stats, you're gonna have to pay more money. Cause if you didn't, that'd be kind of weird. Skins or, equals wins. Skins exactly. equals wins. Like I, I'm playing cyberpunk. Cause I want to like, you know, be, you know, just killing people in style. If I don't look good while I'm doing it, what's the point? Well, because it's a great story, but anyways. Uh. <laughs> no, no, I completely agree with you. If you're not fashionable while you're killing people, then there's no point. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have as many gripes with, like, choosing the clothing as you did, because, like, everything, like, in general, all the clothing in this game are, like, dark and kind of punky looking, like, scruffed up. Like, I'm like, oh, I love this style anyway, so none of this is a problem for me. But I see the point that you are making. But yeah, well, we can move on from like uh, clothing here because it's not like that huge. Because it's really you're just, not. Put, you're just putting on whatever gives you the best stats, and that's fine. So what about like what do you think of like the menu for like equipping items, like uh, weapons and clothes? Like I thought it was actually optimized pretty well. Yeah, no, the the menu is clean. It's easy to get through. I, I knew what I was doing with everything. Um, it's really and like uh, you know what this game is also really good about kind of going into the menus I guess is uh, like the guns the guns are yes. really cool and like they're kind of distinct from each other there's like three types of weapons and you kind of cater your playstyle like if you want to use like a smart like projectile tracking weapon you can do that but you need like a cyberware implant in your hand to do it or if you want to use like mm-hmm. tech weapons that kind of charge up you can do that or if you want to use like power weapons that like have ricochet bullets you can do that it's they really let you customize how you like play the game especially in combat i actually gave it the huge compliment that like the gun system reminds me a lot of borderlands maybe they're not as flashy but you can find a pretty big diversity of weapons that fit how you want to play the game and i think that's really cool 
So how's the ammo system then for the three types of weapon? Is there a specific ammo for each gun or are they mm -hmm. just kind of lumped yep. into each specific category? Yep, there's uh, there's specific ammo for each gun. Um, I got one of the, I, I, I did like everything in this game. I pretty much 100%ed it except for like, Oh, Peaches, I appreciate completionism. I, I had a gun that I shot money at people with. Like, the gun, like, uh, is... That's a good gun. Yeah, so, and, <laughs> and not to flex, but I was pretty rich, and so I was never running out of ammo in that gun. <laughs> but there's also, like, there's there's kind of cool, like, at least there's these cool side quest guns, you know? And there's, like, this uh, smart gun. I don't know if you found it, JP. This smart gun named Skippy. No, and, Skippy the gun. Yeah, and it was it, it's a it's a really funny it's a, like it's a gun that talks to you, and it, it was a, it was a pretty cool little side quest that you got the gun from. So I would strongly recommend anybody that plays the game go find that. Yeah, these yeah. do sound like Borderlands guns. Yeah, I'm telling you, the, it, honestly, like they're not as flashy, but they're creative and cool. Another thing in the menu system, what did you actually think of like the cyber enhancements that you can make to your own body? Like, I thought it was actually pretty well implemented and had some pretty cool bonuses. Yeah, no, I love the cyberware. I thought that it was, it kind of, it really let you cater the playstyle to how you wanted to play it, you know? Like, there was a lot of perks to, you know, specifically uh, go towards, like, if you want to work towards cybernetics or if you want to do stealthy stuff or if you want to use guns. Though, there were specific ones where it's like, you're going to pick this option because the other one is not even close to, like, good so it's like the, yeah. the skeleton one you know it's like all right you can get 40 percent extra health or you can carry 10 extra capacity i don't know which one are you gonna go for yeah capacity always capacity i can't <laughs> no, no. all this shit up dude you don't even come close to using your base capacity anyway if you constantly sell junk like i do you've got a lot of storage space yeah you got a pretty good amount and like i don't know you can't really go far without running into a place to sell stuff Yep, yep, absolutely. So the menu system was good. Enhancement systems were good. The combat the combat was actually surprisingly fun, although I found the controls to be a little clunky sometimes, like between using like your little health pack that you can inhale and like crouching. I just felt like it was kind of clunky at times and I could never get like a looking around corner thing just right. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like I've played games like this a lot, and so it wasn't, like, the only thing I had trouble with was the dodge mechanic in Melee. Like, it, did you do the fight quests at all? Like, there was, like, four fights you had to go to? I have started. Okay, yeah, I think the dodge mechanic on keyboard and mouse is kind of clunky, but it's actually better than, like, other games that I've played. Sometimes if a fight got too hard, though, I would pull out the controller and just do the fight on the controller, because the dodge mechanic is so much easier on that. So you said you're kind of attuned to game combat like this uh how would you compare this like what what would be the closest representation to this combat you know um it it kind of feels like a mixture of things like i feel like it kind of has like the the shooting satisfaction that i got from like borderlands but it also has like some elements of fallout like i mentioned vats earlier you know it has some fallouty elements to it and the melee combat i don't really know what to compare it to like people compared it to fallout melee but like fallout melee didn't really feel like anything Oh yeah, that wasn't even melee. Oh, that was <laughs> yeah, that was awful. That was just using your hands as guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I, I think that comparing it to Fallout is kind of a bad faith argument, but uh, I I think that it's it 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 really plays well, and I mean, sure the melee could be better, but it's like a it's melee in a first person game. 
it, that is going to always be something that's hard to do until like VR gets incredibly good. Unless you're playing Wii Boxing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I don't know if you're going to bring this up. Do you want uh, we talk about crafting real quick? Yes, yes. Let's talk about crafting, the crafting system. Let's do. What a bunch of piece of shit it is. All oh. right. It is awful. <laughs> it is. It's so, so bad. It is worthless. If you play this game, avoid crafting. Don't do it. I'm really upset with myself for doing it. It's awful. There's it's a waste no of time. reason. It's a waste of time and like product, like the stuff you have in your inventory. I completely agree. I use the crafting system maybe twice. Okay, so what what do you mean though? Uh, you need crafting materials for first of all to craft stuff. You know, crazy idea. I know. Um, <laughs> what? Um, but yeah, so you need these crafting materials, and they're not easy to come by. Like disassembling stuff gets you very very little. Like, I remember at one point in the game, I had, like, 2,000, like, common uh, crafting ingredients and, like, 10 of the legendary, which is actually a lot for legendary crafting ingredients. But, like, for purple and blue, I had, like, none, and same for green. And Ooh. some people, some proponents of, like, the crafting system would be like, oh, well, there's a perk where you can craft, you can upgrade your crafting components, like, eight of, uh, so eight of one thing equals one of the next tier. And so it's not it's not viable. Like you, even with two thousand like common components, you're not going to have enough to like upgrade your gear, especially when you get to higher levels. And like so, crafting your own stuff is not viable because you're going to find something better on the ground in like twenty seconds when you kill something. I hate when games do that, you know, because they they emphasize crafting and like unique play styles. But when you just find better gear constantly just by playing the game, then there's no point in having a crafting system. To be completely fair, though, I don't like they threw the crafting system in there. I feel like kind of as an afterthought. It's not like that really affects many other aspects of the game. Like, yeah, the crafting system sucks, but it's not like that's your only way to get weapons. I guess I'm saying it's like it's like the fifth option you should consider when you're trying to get better things for your guns. Well, it, it kind of sounds like Skyrim's crafting, though. I mean, if you're just playing the game normally, you're going to find anything better than you can craft, even if you maximize that, unless you use like a game-breaking exploit of like enchanting, then crafting, so you just like compound all the stats. But if you play realistically, the crafting is, is pointless. Yeah, and like I'd actually say Skyrim crafting is probably like more useful than uh, Cyberpunk crafting. Because like there's also the option like it's like, all right, well you don't even have to craft your own stuff. Why don't you just upgrade keep upgrading the stuff that you like? And the stuff that you like as you upgrade it gets more and more expensive and it costs more materials. And like at a certain point, it's like, why am I spending a thousand like ingredients to upgrade this jacket? Cause I like it when I get one off the ground that is better. Is style. Yeah. style. <laughs> Skins equals wins. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I, I hope they do something to it. Cause I, I'd like it to be like an actual, like ideal way to like, you know, spec into your character. Cause otherwise yeah. You waste so many perk points. That sounds like a simple software patch that they could do. Just add more crafting materials, make it more intuitive. And I'm just saying I wasn't really willing to dock at the game that many points for that because like the crafting system, if you decide not to use it, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, it's such a small aspect of the game that if you skip over it, it's really not going to hinder your 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 experience playing the game. 
Right. But for those that don't know, it's just, it's disappointing because, you know, like it sounds like a cool idea to be able to craft your own stuff and it just doesn't work out like that. But if you want to, if you want to craft, go play Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the menus were good. Uh, we liked the combat a lot, even though I thought it was a little clunky. But I mean, overall, it worked out just fine. Um, what did you think of like uh, enemy AI? I thought it was actually pretty smart and sometimes kind of a bitch to get around. But still, there's uh, the enemy AI can be kind of dumb at certain points. But other times, like you can go up against like higher powered enemies. Like I don't know if you face the uh, like. Uh, cybernetic and like empowered enemies like that'll like speed across the map at you no not yet but now i'm uh, scared uh, yeah that sounds late game um yeah and so like it, it kind of makes you approach combat differently unless you hit max level really quickly because you did every side quest and every other you know side activity you could possibly do in which case that's not as threatening but like early on in the game like i remember when i first started i spent three hours trying to do like this enemy hideout mission because I was just getting absolutely beat down by like the, this like cybernetic enhanced person. So is there a difficulty setting in this game? Yep, there, there's the four difficulties, like easy, normal, hard, very hard. Do you think uh, increasing the difficulty would increase the AI's competency or does it just increase their damage output and damage resistance? Um, I was playing on hard and it seems like the main thing that changes with difficulty is... Uh, just like enemy health and your weapon damage mm, and like hmm. and like but it kind of compensates for this like it, it evens out as you level up the game does a really good job as you level up of like making you feel stronger with levels well, that's good that it has a good scaling system it really does like i feel like there's a lot of impact um speaking of which one thing we forgot to talk about was like the point allocation for like leveling up and like all the different branches you can do oh yeah i was curious how the rpg aspect it's great like so there's like the the what five main trees is that right or is it six main trees like, well i feel there's five when you start out and then isn't there a six one later on or is, does it just stay at five i think it just stays at five all right so yeah there's five main trees depend and it depends on what you want to do in the world right so it's like um you need like if you want to like steal a car for example that's going to take like a higher strength or like technical ability yeah or technical ability or technical ability can also be applied to like if you're trying to crack open a door or something or sometimes strength yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and like dialogue options like dialogue options that you can use are saved for like if your coolness is up Ooh, there's a cool stat there's a cool stat okay can we talk about the stat names real quick uh just 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 real quick so it's like it's strength intelligence technical ability um What's the fourth one I'm missing before cool JP? Oh, uh, so body intelligence, reflexes, technical ability, and cool. Ref- yes, reflexes. Thank you. Now, which one of those doesn't sound like the other, huh? Like, <laughs> it, it cool, it cool just like, I think it just affects your stealth. Like, it's it kind of feels like a pointless stat, but, you know, some people go for stealth, and I didn't really care for it. Hear me out. Let's call it charisma. Yeah. <laughs> I kinda, sounds like charisma and luck uh, yeah, put together. Charisma, but I don't know. I kind of like that it's cool. I, there's something about it. In this world that you're in, it's cool. <laughs> well, when I play this game, I'm going to max that cool stat first thing because <laughs> I can't max my own in real life. Okay, so besides the glitches, what did you actually think of like running and walking around the city and interacting with people? I thought it like when the game works, it works really well. 
Yeah, and I think they do a really good job of making the city feel full. They really do. And like, like expansive too. Just like, unless the cars are under the street. Yeah, like every inch of it <laughs> wants to be explored. Cars over the street or cars on the street, you know. That's very 2020. Cars underneath the street. That's 2077, baby. Oh, that's high tech, <laughs> brah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, and actually somebody online pointed this out. I, I, I've seen a lot of stuff on this. Um, like there, there are like certain times you can see like NPCs that you like run into throughout the game, like in different areas of the city. Like there's like these people that you usually, you'll see at like Lizzie's uh, early on in the game that like they're like bouncers at the door. You can see them in other areas of the city and like talk to them and be like, what? You didn't think I had a, a life outside of work? That's really funny. That is pretty good attention to detail. I wonder if you kill them in the out in past their job, if they return to their job. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I don't think they're killable. Oh, but at least those two specifically. Ah, interesting <laughs> stuff. OK, so I'm in that vein, though. Um, you say the city's so full and they, they do a good job of that. How are repeating NPCs, though? Like, how often do you see the exact same NPC, like standing next to each other or even a couple blocks away? Um, I definitely think you'll see, like, the, like, the same looking NPC, like, a few times throughout the game. Like, I, I don't know if I ever had the problem where I saw it, like, I saw one on a sidewalk and then the same one like a hundred yards down the sidewalk, but I definitely like, I'll see one in like a specific area. And then like, I'll come back to that area later. There's definitely the repeating NPCs. Like they did not make infinite amounts of models for these characters, you know? But not quite to the caliber of like Saints Row, where you'll see the same guy in a floral Hawaiian shirt with a fedora walking side by side, his doppelganger. <laughs> hey, you know, we're not going to shit on Saints Row here. Cause that oh, game is I'd a never. treasure. I would never. That's my favorite crime game. <laughs> like, fuck GTA. I got Saints Row. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually all with you on that one, 100%. All right, so we've covered driving, we've covered fighting, we've covered the menu system. The last big thing in gameplay I wanted to ask you about, what did you think of dialogue? Like, the options, talking to people. I. What'd you think? When you could hear the full conversation. <laughs> when, <yeah. laughs> when you could hear the conversation. You know, it doesn't have that uh, that Fallout problem, or the Fallout 4 problem, where it's like it feels like every conversation option leads to the same end. But it, well, okay, it doesn't always have that problem. There are certainly some where it has that issue. But I think the dialogue, well, obviously, like, the it's written really well, right? And, like, it's voice yeah. acted really well. But, like, the actual, like, choices you have for dialogue for the most part they do a good job about making like your dialogue options feel different but there are definitely some where it's like you're just showing me two of the same exact option yeah i and i totally get that feel personally though that's not something that bothers me as much in a game like cyberpunk as much as it does like if it did that in like telltale's the walking dead where narrative is the point of the game Right. Then yeah, that'd be stupid and pointless. But here, I mean, where the main objective is to get through the adventure, it doesn't bother me as much, but I do see the point that you're trying to make. Sometimes a dialogue option, like when your character says it, it comes off much more aggressive than it looks just written down in text, you know? Oh, that's just a common problem of games like these. Yeah. It sounds like Mass Effect. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know when you reload a save because you accidentally said something mean? Renegade for life. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like, you know, you go up to an NPC, would you like some ice cream? And the option's like, yes or no. 
So you click no and you're like, no, you motherfucker. And it's just like, <laughs> where did that come from? No, I hate ice cream. I don't hate ice cream. I just didn't want any. Well, I hate ice cream and I hate you. Shoots other player. <laughs> Uh, this game does a good job, though, of, like, not making it, like, right and wrong. Like, Mass Effect definitely runs into the issue where it's, like, here is the good person option, and here's the option if you want to be a dickhead. You know, this game, it's it's much more ambiguous. You know, it's, like, you know, it's there's a gray area. You know, what you're saying or doing isn't necessarily right or wrong. And that's how I like it. It's definitely cut and dry in Mass Effect, but hey, I will always renegade the shit out of that Galactic Reporter. Uh, you know, you kind of hurt my heart with the renegade option, because like, there's a lot of renegade options, especially in Mass Effect 3, that just hurt your soul. It's so true, but I just I just love giving that that reporter what for. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> or or, or, or uh, Counselor Udina. Oh, God, yeah, Counselor Udina. Fuck that guy. Peaches, if you had to give a ranking to the gameplay of this game out of 10 with a decimal of five being acceptable, what do you think it deserves? I, I would give this like a solid like eight and a half out of 10. And I take I take one point off because like crafting and the cool options feel kind of useless. And um, there's definitely like areas where melee combat could be improved, but I think they did about as good of a job as you could expect. Uh, everything feels pretty clean and... I, I don't really know like what I would change, like how I would fix the problems that I have. And so your your score is is reflective off of your personal experiences outside of like game breaking bugs and other glitches and such. But yeah, this is like imagining that this game is perfect in those realms. Like, what do you think of it? Like, also outside of the realm of console, because we just don't talk. If you're gonna judge <laughs> the game, judge it on the most working option of it. Oh, naturally. So next, let's talk about some of the characters. Um, I think the there's a couple of things about Cyberpunk that I think make it stand out as like a phenomenal game, despite the controversy. One of those is the characters. There is an incredible cast of wonderfully written, wonderfully diverse characters. I have so much fun just meeting people around the city. What do you think about that, Peaches? Judy is bae, dude. Judy... Tell me about Judy. Dude, it's just, it's it's hard to, like, even describe exactly what, like, is so perfect about these characters. Like, these are fully fleshed out people. They have flaws. They have, like, good qualities. You know, it's, you know, they have, they take actions that make sense for the character. And, like, they have, like, an, they have an actual character arc where they start at one point, you know, they go through whatever, and they end at another mm -hmm. point. It's just, it, the characters are so so well written and diverse you know nobody like the of the characters you meet nobody is exactly the same as another one you know it's not just that the characters were well written it's also the performance by the voice acting actors is yeah some of the best i've seen in a video game it's it is incredible they did a really really good job with these like the voice actors absolutely nailed it and it's a real shame that i don't know their names <laughs> so let's talk specifically about some of the main characters um so let's start off with your character of v now i know as the protagonist of a lot of these games your dialogue options can seem pretty meaningless because you're supposed to like project yourself on the you know per the main protagonist in the game but i actually felt one of the more dry characters was v 
Although that's not to say they were bad, just slightly more dry than everybody else. I, I, I don't really know if, you know, there's there's definitely an argument to be made is like, are you supposed to be V or is V his own character that you're controlling, you know? Which like, would be ironic because that's what the game is about, is like V trying to get a hold of his brain again. Right. Ooh, that's like, a the, very philosophical question. I, I, the only reason I bring it up is because like, in, you know, in Witcher 3, you play as Geralt and like you kind of just project yourself onto Geralt in a way. And so is is this game just an extension of that? Like, are you are you V or is V his own thing? And you kind of just make choices like in his life that, you know, it's it's hard to say. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest. Like, there's definitely games like The Legend of Zelda where, you know, the whole reason why Link doesn't talk is because you're supposed to be able to project yourself onto the protagonist. And then there's other games where, I don't know, you know, it's clear that you're in charge of this person, but this person is just, like, a wild part of, like, a weird protagonist. Take, like, I don't know, something weird, like the Deadpool game. Like, are you supposed to be Deadpool? <laughs> well, no. in something like the Deadpool game, you're clearly not supposed to be Deadpool, you know? <laughs> it's much less ambiguous who is who. I would like to be the Deadpool, please. Zach, you can be the Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> The Deadpool. The Captain Deadpool. <laughs> Captain Deadpool. Um, Mr. Captain Dr. Deadpool to you guys. God damn. <laughs> you just want it all, don't you, Zach? Formerly known as. I think, uh, you know, the real thing with V is that he gets much more fleshed out as the game goes on, sort of. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard to flesh him out because of the life paths. And like I said, it's not to say that he was boring by any means, he or she, depending on which gender you chose, just to say that, like, compared to everybody else, honestly, I thought the most bland character was kind of V. Oh, uh, real quick, uh, should we talk about the, uh, going back in time, um, should we talk about the uh, genital customization, or should we just skip over that? Yes, we have to talk about (laughs) genital customization. You know what, we're on V, let's talk about it now. Everyone is super curious about the genital customization pretty lacking <laughs> no. No, it, uh, it's you know three options for a penis are you kidding me is that all <laughs> does one of the options have a lilt <laughs> a what it, it's a leftward bend uh, ah exactly and and that's <laughs> that's not one of the options you can oh, do i'm gonna excuse myself from this conversation <laughs> no, no, um, no, you, get, you get back in here all right i have a lot more things <laughs> I have a lot more things to say about my character V's penis, all right? <laughs> and, and in fact, if I could point you to this PowerPoint presentation. Ooh. I'd really rather you're not. <laughs> I'll watch it. That's a detailed sketch. <laughs> um, but no, it, yeah, so we'll just move past that. But like, yeah, character customization is, you know, it's good in some areas and lacking in others, but we already kind of moved past that area so i'm just gonna throw that in back to saints row real quick i think they had the best genital customization (laughs) (laughs) that's what people were the most interested anyway i mean character customization i would give it an okay rating like it's no better or worse than any other character customization but obviously when the news came out that you could customize your genitalia people started coming up with all different kinds of theories of what that could possibly mean so i actually agree with you for them to just go yeah. I feel weird talking about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, we, and uh, we'll move on to, like, uh, V and his story. So, like, we'll, let's go to life paths, if that's all right with you. Sure, go for it. The life paths kind of feel unimpactful. I don't know if you have the same experience, but, like, 
other than like the beginning, like 30 minutes to an hour of the story, and like some like you occasionally you'll, you'll have a dialogue option related to your life path, like later in the game, or you'll have multiple like options with di- uh, tons of different PCs NPCs uh, related to your life path. But like it doesn't really come up in any like impactful way after the first hour of the game, and I think a lot of people were kind of disappointed by that. I 100% agree with you, especially since like that was actually something they made a big deal about in like a YouTube promo video for the game was like life choices. And you're like, okay, well, this is really cool that I can choose from one of these different like factions isn't quite right, but we'll use it in this context. And you're right. It doesn't have that much impact on how the game plays at all. Um, That is a little disappointing. I was kind of looking forward to seeing how that would change things. Maybe, like, there's weapons you can't use unless you're this class, or, like, maybe, yeah, dialogue options change dramatically, or just different missions that you can get from being here but not here. None of that. There's definitely some, like, different interactions uh, based on, like, your life path. Like, uh, if you're a nomad, uh, I think her name is Alana Pierce. Is that right? The former IGN. Yeah, she appears in the game if you're a nomad in, like, a brief side quest. She appears in the game, like, for a brief side quest if you are a a nomad. And, like, sure, that's cool, but, like, I don't really... I'm not 100% if that happens, like, like what you get if you're, like, a street kid or if you're a corpo, but I don't think there's anything quite like that, those ones. And they really... They could have fleshed it out more, but there's definitely some people who, like, expected three full different games worth of like storyline based on their life paths and obviously that's an unrealistic expectation. Yeah, and I think that I think that's where those people can go fuck themselves cuz you're just asking for too much at that point but Well, it's not necessarily their fault though because CD Project Red claimed that they wanted this game to be like decades old. Like they wanted this game to extend for a long time. And I don't think it's going to hit that point. <laughs> I mean, no, clearly it won't, but like that was just what they were trying to hype. Right, they definitely hyped it past what it actually ended up being, but I don't think they ever like should have set these people's expectations to be like, "Hey, we made three full games in this one game." So that and that's fair. Um, all right, so looking past V, um, I mean, honestly, the only other character that I think is really worth getting into is Johnny Silverhands because when I thought when I heard that Keanu Reeves was going to be in this game. I assumed he was going to have maybe a 10 minute appearance or whatever. And then he was going to just dip out. And to be honest, I was okay with that, but no Keanu's character is actually incredibly important to the game. What did you think of him? I thought he was so cool. Well, you made a little whoopsie. You skipped over my bay Judy. I don't know. Did, did, we'll, ta- we'll get to Judy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought we started this whole thing with Judy. I want to know about Judy. Yeah, what uh, happened? Okay. <laughs> Why would we start by talking about a side character? We, we should, oh yeah, let's get let's get into Keanu. Um, he kills it. It's he's incredible. Amazing. He does a, such a good job. Johnny Sil- like Johnny Silverhand like is Keanu like in a sense. Obviously, Keanu Reeves isn't like a typecast actor. He can do all sorts of different roles, though he has been a bit typecast recently. But you're just saying that this definitely feels a more natural to the kind of guy Keanu. Right. Yeah, like, and he, like, kind of plays this, like, badass anarchist, like, anti-corporation guy, which, you know, is kind of conflicting with the uh, uh, CD Projekt Red as a whole and the release of this game. Yeah, it's ironic. <laughs> it's, it's a bit ironic, but we'll, we, we can skip over that. But yeah, Johnny Silverhand, like, his whole story is pretty interesting, and he, like, he is in it for the majority of the game. 
Yeah, exactly. And I was ecstatic about that because he, he was my favorite character. Is his name Silverhand because he has a metal hand? It is. Yep, yes. that's exactly. <laughs> what Nothing slips by old Czar. I don't know if you guys watched the thing that uh, they released about Keanu Reeves. Uh, CD Projekt Red like did a like thing where they were talking about what it's like to work with Keanu, and it really makes you realize that he's played a lot of different characters named Johnny. Like that's just kind of a Keanu Reeves thing. Like if you have a character named Johnny, just call him up. He's gonna he's gonna probably be in on it. <laughs> He does a great job, and I was pretty surprised at like how much he was in it as well. But there's there is one issue I have uh, oh boy. with the whole Johnny Silverhand thing. Not oh with boy. Keanu Reeves. I was like, no, no, it's it's nothing with huge. With the character, like, not with Keanu. Not, not with the character. It's not even with the character, but it's just kind of like the interactions with the character. So there's a point in the story where you put Keanu Reeves in your head when you when he's first in there. You two do not get along. Like. You, yeah, you know, he wants to kill you and, or like take over your body and he does not care about you or anything like that. And like, that's that's how the situation starts off right away. And like, you're supposed to go kind of do a few main quests to kind of flesh out that story some more. I didn't do that. I just went straight to doing side quests for 30 hours. As any good gamer would. Well, it's, and like he pops up in these, he pops up in these side quests and like all of a sudden me and him are buddy buddy. I was like, this was not the interaction we just had back at the apartment. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> you become closer with him through the main story. So, like, I think what they needed to do was lock some of these side quests that include him until you, like, get to the point where, like, you're actually conversational with Keanu Reeves. But they don't do that. Because it's not like it takes long either. It literally takes a couple missions. And he's like, hey, I decided not to kill you. Yeah. And, like, they they didn't cut off those side quests that include him. And I think they should have. Because otherwise, it's kind of like... I was just arguing with you about how you wanted to kill me. And like, why are you giving me fun facts about your band now? Yeah, I get that doesn't make too much sense. I think like with a lot of open world games that do that correctly, like Breath of the Wild, for instance, has that extended tutorial where, you know, the the rest of the world is out there. But you got to learn the basics and get some of this story out first before you can just go run and fuck off. Is Zara a new Nintendo guy? That's your second time bringing up a Nintendo product? Hey, <laughs> look at me go. I, I literally can't be the Xbox guy, so no changes. <laughs> literally, literally don't even know what they do over there. You could have been if you just kept your Xbox for more than five minutes. True. I have no I have no comment. I have everything. I have a Switch, a PS4, and an Xbox, so. Ooh, and a PC. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's my main B. Uh, that, that'll be, you, you guys can be the console people. I'll be the PC guy. PCB Bay. <laughs> so besides that, obviously we said that there's a huge cast of characters. There's way too many to actually try and get into. In fact, all I Are really want to... just wanted... trying to avoid Judy at this point? Like, what is... <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> Judy. Let me ask the question. Peaches, is there anybody else you really wanted to talk about? Well, let's see. There's Judy, Pan Am. Um, there's uh, Carrie Eurodyne. And there's, uh, oh gosh. And like, those are like the main people that you like do a lot of side quests for because they are the, also the romantic interest options. Yes, they are indeed. And I'm assuming you, like everybody else, went with Judy. You uh, can only go with Judy if you are a female with a feminine voice. I haven't gotten to that point in the game yet where I can make that decision. I did not know that. Well, you you don't really even get like a chance to pursue a romantic option with Judy because she's into women. And like, I think that was actually really cool of them to do that. Like um, have like a person who's specifically lesbian that like doesn't change because your character came along, you know? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really neat feature because, well, I guess back again to the Mass Effect aspect, no matter which gender you choose to play as, you can, you know, uh, go after any romantic lead in the games. Well, that's just because Mass Effect is woke as shit and everybody in the future is bi and gets it on with everybody. It's great. <laughs> everybody in the future is just horny as hell. <laughs> hell yeah. Good for them. Sexual freedom abound for everybody. <laughs> This game has, like, all sorts of, like, sex in it. Like, I don't know if you saw Donkey's video on it, but, like, he was absolutely spot on. Like, imagine if OnlyFans became the biggest corporation in America, and that's kind of what Night City is like. (laughs) No, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, That's terrifying. (laughs) I think it's pretty cool. Okay, but also keep in mind that, like, Night City is supposed to be, like, Vegas, where, like, you know, it's the pinnacle of these types of things. Not necessarily indicative of the entire world, but for this city, definitely. Well, and also it's like, it kind of like gives you this idea of like, this is really what's possible if like kind of corporations take over an entire city with like, like lax government and uh, they take over the city and run these people's bodies, you know, like these sex workers are really seen as kind of objects to these corporations. And there's like some storylines that play that out. And it's, it's kind of terrifying. Is when you're, uh, for example, when you're looking for uh, what's her face, um, Evelyn. Evelyn. Evelyn, thank you. When you're looking for Evelyn in the beginning of the game, like that whole uh, you're in the sex worker place scene, and their whole personality literally gets shut off while they're quote unquote at work. Like they don't actually know what's going on. Well, I don't even know if it's like their personality gets shut off, but like their brain is like split in two, is kind of how I understand it, right? So like there's the part of their brain that is them, and there's the part of their brain that like turns on when they're at work. This is dystopian all the way. And really, uh, the hardest choice in the game is remembering. Is is uh, Angel the guy or is Sky the guy? <laughs> or is Sky? Yeah, absolutely. I re- Funnily, I got to that part of the game. I saw a meme about that before I got to that part of the game. So I knew <laughs> what to do. I went for Angel, baby. Hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know. I, I did Sky. That part of the game was like, it kind of gave me goosebumps like that whole conversation you have like in the like bedroom with them oh yeah it's yeah like it, it's not like but it's like not a, like an intense sex thing like you're just trying to get information from them but like they give you like this really deep conversation that like is exactly what your character needs to hear at that time and it's crazy like legitimately goosebumps and then she wakes up they wake up and don't even remember having the conversation they're just like who are you yeah. what yeah exactly and it's terrifying it was really cool well i mean the conversation was cool but yeah the idea that like you can just have your brain like instantly forget whatever is going on and like is is split and that is that is the perfect one night stand right there nobody remembers (laughs) (laughs) with the line of characters that we're talking about right now is there anybody else that has a super prominent role that you wanted to talk about because like all there's not a bad character in this game. Everyone was voiced properly. Everybody was flushed out. It was amazing. And in fact, we could spend a whole episode talking about just that. But we we just don't have the time for that. So before we move on, is there any more characters you needed to talk about? Uh, well, just a quick shout out to my boy Jackie as well. Oh, Jackie was so cool. Yeah, I was he... so bummed out when he didn't make it. It happens in the first hour of the game. So, I mean, but yeah, like they do a really good job of making you connect with Jackie and then ripping your heart out. Oh, just like the companion cube. <laughs> we don't talk about the companion cube here. 
score out of 10, what would you give characters? 10. Easy. Full 10. Ooh. Full 10. Good for you. What could have been better about them, you know? I feel like these, they, they, they did a perfect job. I mean, you can always make the argument, well, nothing is perfect, but I, I don't know if, like, it doesn't need to be down to the minute detail. Like, these these guys did a perfect job. The characters are perfectly fleshed out. I You know, every one of them is an individual. They feel like real people. I, I don't know what they could have done better. I'm going to give it a 10. All right. And by the way, I'm keeping track of what you're saying with the score and putting down my own score, and we're going to compare those at the end. I'm keeping it a secret from me. All right. Oh, yeah. I want it to be a surprise here, baby. All right. Keep your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Two more categories. Number uh, First one, story. Um, I thought the story was fantastic. Um, they fleshed You're not even out- done with it yet, right? No. I'm not, but so okay. So I should change that. You got you. Well, you got it. You got a you got a treat ahead of you, man. So here's what I, without being able to say what I can, since I haven't completed completed the game. Here's what I can say about the story. The world that they created, that CD Projekt Red created, is so in depth and so creative. And actually, as long as, of course, with the stipulation, as long as the bugs and glitches don't get to it first, really, really amazing and cool. And even though it's terrifying. It's also really creative and fun to be a part of. Um, And the story that I've had so far plays into the world around you so freaking unbelievably well that it's just from what I've played so far, and I'm probably only about a third of the way through the game, by the way, um, because I did get caught up in so many side missions, but they've all (laughs) been so amazing. It's been so fun to learn more about this world, and the story plays into it so well. So... Peaches, knowing more than I do at this time, what do you think of those sentiments? I, I think you pretty much uh, got it right there. I mean, this story, it it sucks you in, like, whether you want it to or not, you know? You know, it'll take your fucking emotions, like, put it through the washing machine, you know? It's just, it it hits you hard where it wants to. It, like, makes you feel good where it wants to. It is captivating. It, the side, like, he, like the side quest, like, the main... There's the main story, the side quests, and there's like side gigs, you yep. know. Um, the side quests, all of those stories feel so fleshed out, so real. And then like the main story, it takes you in. We don't want to talk too much about the main story because of spoilers. Um, but a few things. First of all, as somebody who's completed the game, do you feel like the the story satisfied you, especially cons- within consideration like the hype up that this game has had? Have you been satisfied by the game story? I don't know if this is just my perception or if it's true, um, but the main, main story feels a bit shorter than, like, The Witcher did. Like, there's the side quests that kind of, like, add to the runtime of the game. Mm. Um, but, the like, if you were to just do main story missions because you're a lunatic, um, <laughs> the, I think you could get through this game pretty quick and, like, you would not be too thrilled with the ending you get. Overall, I mean... I think that it, it just it would be hard to execute the story any better than they did and the ending definitely you know left me feeling like satisfied though I have to say I haven't been able to go back to the game because like thinking about it like it's still like it feels like a like a wrench in my stomach you know yeah and I I can hear it in your voice just trying to talk about it and of course that's the challenge of also not being able to give spoilers but it, just from what I've played so far and what I where I think the story is going which may be totally off though it's been it's so incredibly engaging yeah you know it's so un, it's been so unforgettable just up to this point you know yeah, absolutely i mean 
who can tell me what the fuck the main story of Skyrim is? Like, there's a there's a big angry dragon whose name starts with A that I can't remember. And there's Mark, some Mark things going on with <laughs> there, there's some <laughs> things going on with like the storm cloaks and whatever that guy's deal is and the empire. Some guy took an arrow to the knee. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> I was an like, adventurer once. Yeah, so like there's there's definitely those games out there that are great, but like the story is forgettable or doesn't matter. And this is definitely not one of those games. Like the story is the game, you know? Like it's so centered around it and like everything is built around this story. It hits you in all the right places. Let's talk about the impact of side missions because I something that I was expecting to see in this game that I did not was some generic side missions because sometimes side missions can be an afterthought in these huge AAA titles. I was 100% wrong. The side missions feel impactful, fun, and you actually get some great rewards for doing them. How'd you feel about most of the side missions in the game? So the side missions themselves, like uh, not side gigs. Um, yeah. They, yeah, the, those feel like their own little mini stories, you know, like, and the, those side missions are kind of where you see these uh, characters like Judy and uh, River Ward and Carrie Eurodyne and Pan Am. Exactly. Like you, like, you kind of see them go through their arc and evolve. And those are things that you wouldn't have even seen if you weren't a guy that likes to go for side missions, which, again, only a lunatic would do. But I think it's <laughs> so cool that some of the best characters in this game can only be accessed through side missions. Some people might complain saying that, well, you know, I shouldn't have to meet one of the best characters through a side mission and not the main campaign. But I'd say, well, that just means you're getting a really in-depth, like, love in all aspects of, like, story-wise of the game, you know? How far into the Judy storyline have you gotten? Because if you're okay with spoilers... Literally I, I, just I met her. Are you good with spoilers? Yep, just let me have it. Okay, so if you don't, if you don't have, like, a relationship with her... Uh, she leaves Night City. She like yeah. She's like you know this this city is awful and terrible, and I I don't want to live here anymore. And like it makes sense, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but the weird thing is like after she leaves Night City, is she gives you her apartment. It yeah. doesn't really do anything. There's no reason to have it. But she gives you her apartment. You go there, and she's just hanging out. And it's like I just got a text from you that said you were in Seattle. Are you trying to ghost me? I can see <laughs> you standing in your apartment. And you said you were in Seattle. It's it's kind of weird, but you know, like it, other than that, like the the yeah, these side quests to tell tell their own engaging little mini story on. And let's talk about side gigs. Um, the side gigs not as much about the story as much as it is like some fun, just like a fun little combat, whatever this that or the other thing. Um, I found those engaging, just not as fun to do. Um, excuse you. Have you not met the guy with the flaming crotch, Skippy the pistol, Brendan the vending machine? Okay, I heard about the vending machine. I'm very excited to try that one out. Um, and also, oh, dude, there's a, I don't know if it's a side mission or a side gig, but there's also this thing with, like, the uh, up-and-coming mayor that is a, it's just a mind fuck. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, there's that, that the side gig involving the uh, guy who's running for mayor is insane would recommend everybody play that one through. Um, I guess the final little like quote unquote missions are like the cars that people hit you up literally every 15 minutes to buy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it reminded me a lot of uh, Mass Effect. If you give a sideways glance to a fish tank, you got like a half page of text every time you're like driving through Night City every 10 seconds. It's like, hey, I got a car for you. And it's like this full paragraph about how like they have this car here for you. 
and yeah, exactly. they're, they're, they're everywhere. Yep, I agree. For what it's worth, though, like, I think that it's one of the more fun parts of the game is buying these cars. I don't know. I'm on the fence about it because, like, they clearly wanted this game to have, like, more in-depth driving mechanics, and yet they're garbage. Actually, you know, it, that's what it makes me feel so conflicted about the driving mechanics is, like, are the driving mechanics garbage or are, like, the initial cars you get garbage? Because... Mm, fair point. Um, the best cars you can get are free, you know? Just like the regular things in life. Am I right, fellas? Um, <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> but yeah, like, the best car you can get uh, is, like, it's this Batmobile, right? And, like, you just find it. It's, like, in a cave. Naturally, where else would it, the Batmobile be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so, like, it, uh, it's not ba- it's not called the Batmobile, and it's not Batman's car. It's, it's Merkman's car, which is totally different, completely different, guys. It says Merk <laughs> instead of Bat. So <laughs> you get, like, that car, and that car is awesome, and it handles much better. But it, it makes me wonder, like, why would I bother with any of these other ones? And it's free, too. Like, I don't know how you got so much money. Probably because you were doing late game stuff and all the side stuff. But I'm broke as shit in the game right now. Oh, yeah, dude. I was I, I was basically the Punisher going through the city and stopping out crime. Peaches is, is literally shooting out his money. That's yeah, how <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no better <laughs> metaphor than that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty wealthy, um, but I did not buy all the cars in the game because even though it's an achievement, I'm not gonna buy this stupid looking van. Why would I do that? Is there anything else you wanted to say about the story before you give it your own personal ranking? Um, yeah, the Delamain side quest. Have you done that yet? Yeah, uh, yes, that is actually one that I completed it. My favorite side quest in the game. And can I spoil the cameo? Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure Zar is fine with that. Zar, are you ready for the cameo? Uh-oh. Who is it? It's, it's you're not going to believe it. Okay, so there's the, Delamain is the car system that's like the taxi service in Night City that you become close with because it's operated by a an AI that you become close to. But a few of the cars go rogue, so you have to go track them down. And they all have this hysterical little funny side story. But <laughs> one of the last ones is voiced by GLaDOS from Portal 2. Oh, no way. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. She made a cake reference. Yeah. <laughs> she made awesome. a cake reference. <laughs> I love every bit of that. It was amazing. You're a terrible person. We weren't even testing for that, but that's what it says. You're a terrible person. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, this that has been my favorite moment of the game so far. I'm like, oh, I can yes. feel my dignity being torn down. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But yeah, it's like they're, they're, these side gigs, honestly, like they don't have as much depth as like the side quests, but they, the, you know, a lot of them still feel very cool. Most of them are kind of cut and dry. All right. And uh, give me a rating, man. I want it. I want the rating. I mean, 9.5 out of 10, I guess, because, you know, the only 0.5 off is, like, a lot of the side gigs are, like, cut and dry. It's like, hey, go here, steal this, go here, kill all these people, you know. But other than that, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Completely agree with you. Okay, we've got one category left to talk about before final thoughts and, like, an overall score. Now, this is the one that's going to be the hardest to talk about, and that's graphics and art style. Because, obviously the beginning of this episode we talked about how this was not optimized for every console and for a pc and now on a pc it is buggy and glitchy but it's gorgeous 
However, most people are playing this on a console version of the game. So what do you do with this ranking? You know, how do you rate graphics and art style in this situation? Well, I'm going to do what I normally do and pretend that consoles don't exist and that PC is the only thing around. Am I right, fellas? Yeah. You're a master race guy, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I have these consoles, but who needs them? I mean, PC's got everything I want. Savage. Man. I'm dealing with a master racer. That's crazy. I, other than Persona 5, but, you know, beyond that. Persona 5, that's fair. I love that game. But, yeah, anyway, I mean, if I, I'm going to judge it on the thing that I played it on, and it, that obviously does not, you know, it, it doesn't reflect, you know, a console player's experience, but I just can't speak on that. It's clear that this game was made for PC gamers in mind, ones that have, Honestly, you need something of a higher-end PC to run this game to the best that it could possibly be. Do you? What graphics card do you have in your PC right now, Peaches? Um, I honestly, I think it's like a 1080. So that's a good graphics card. It's it's good, but it was not enough. I'm running a 2070 Super right now, which is pretty freaking good. It's uh, now that the 30 series is out, it's not you know close as close to top <laughs> of the line as it used to be, but. The 2070 Super, that's a good-looking graphics card. Very high performance. And even I have a little bit of problems with it, but overall, for the most part, it's been beautiful. Yeah, I I have some issues in, like, these more packed areas of uh, Night City. And so I can't see the game in, like, all the detail that they rendered it in, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of stuff that, like, I, I just can't see because if I tried to run it like on the highest of the high graphics, I'd be getting five FPS going everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And so, but like even on the graphics I was running out on, it still looked great. Like character models were just perfect other than when they were T-posing and gliding across the ground. Um, <laughs> Naked. But, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, like the character models look great. Like the the atmosphere is amazing. Like the, the setting, they just built it so perfectly it feel it feels like a real like bustling city you know and like it makes you feel <laughs> it makes you feel like cyberpunk <laughs> uh, um but no it like it and like the outside of the city you know the atmosphere is entirely different you know and it just it just fits and everything looks like it should Everything outside of Night City itself is pretty much just a garbage heap. You haven't gone far enough outside of Night City, but yes, there is the garbage piles outside of Night City. That's where one of the Delamades were. Yeah. (laughs) That one was annoying. uh, It's so annoying to get to. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was absolutely terrible, but he was also one of my favorite Delamades to talk to. (laughs) Didn't he threaten you? Yeah, he did. That's why he was great. (laughs) Because there was one that was like suicidal. And, yeah. I mean, there were a couple that were suicidal. But. but yeah, but only one of them was about to drive off a cliff. Yeah, that's true. That guy needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> what I find interesting is like with the graphics card that I ran this game on, I was able to do ray tracing. Mm-hmm. And ray tracing, for those who don't know, is supposed to give you like incredibly realistic, detailed light features in the game. And that became extremely apparent the right before you're uh doing the last big heist where jackie is still alive when you're in that hotel room the lights bouncing off against like the dark rainy window versus what's inside like the hotel room itself was incredible it was amazing yeah they 
spared no detail. Like, you know, sure, it's not Red Dead where the horses are taking dumps, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... That's attention to detail. The, 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 the level of detail they went into is, like, I don't know, it's far superior than most games I've played in recent years. Okay, we'll talk about a few more things. Um, what do you think of the city? Like, the design of the city the skyscrapers, the advertisements everywhere on television. It was all so colorful and fun and appropriate for the world. And best of all, it looked good. What'd you think of that? I, yeah, I mean, like, the, there's, like, these towering, you know, buildings that are owned by the corporations that, like, you can tell are just, like, you, you can tell it's, like, off-limits to, like, the poorer classes of people. And, like, you go into these areas. Like, they did such a good job of, like, designing these areas around, like, what it's supposed to be. Like, there's the rich part of town, and it looks... I I don't know. Obviously, all the graphics are great, but, like, there's the rich part of town, and, you know, it looks like a corporation's, like, you know, wet dream where all the people are wearing, like, suits, and, like, there's the towering buildings and uh, all this stuff. But then you go to the poorer parts of town, and, like, it looks kind of like a slum, and, you know, people are, like, living in poverty, and the people there clearly are not as well off as those from the other area. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then yeah. Again, we can go back to like we talk about the Outlands, where you know those people, uh, you know, they have an entirely different lifestyle. They live in like tents and kind of like RVs and and even that though. I've been to some of those parts specifically when I was driving through like a suburban neighborhood. Again, from one of the Delamain missions, mm-hmm. um, I you know just the transition from the big flashy city to more of like a standard suburban type setting but with still of you know some of the problems of cyberpunk 2077 i thought that transition was really cool yeah i like the, it's not like this like sharp and like sudden contrast like it, it gradual it's very gradual it's like you're going out of the city you can kind of see how it's like changing more and more and like you, you know you don't really like all right it's not like all right here's city wall here's outlands it's it's not like that mm-hmm and all of this with no load times either, by the way, unless you yeah. go inside somewhere like this is all just seamless transition. Yeah, I, well, honestly, I don't even remember load times when I like was walking into buildings. Like the only times I like really had load times was like waiting overnight for, you know, like a mission or something. What about uh, people's designs? I mean, like something that impressed me that I noticed was like you don't see a lot of NPCs twice. And when you do, they make a note of it. And like, you're like, hi, you thought I just stayed in front of that door all the time. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, I don't remember seeing a lot of designs twice. I think they did a lot of work just designing people. I think that's really cool. Right. And I think we kind of touched on this a little earlier with Zara's question. Um, You know, like you're not going to see the same person twice, like a hundred yards apart, but like, like uh, as far as NPCs, like you actually interact with, you know, it's different than like just the basic people walking around obviously absolutely um and so like the basic people walking around like yeah you're not gonna see the same person going in the same place twice but you will see like a repeat of models if you're looking closely enough that i mean there's not a whole lot to say about the graphics and art besides that um if you're playing this is great it is great and if you're playing it the way like on a pc I'll admit you're going to have an incredibly different experience than how you're playing it on console graphics and arts wise. And that's what makes this so hard to rate is like you and I and Zach and Zar, we are PC gamers. We have PCs, but at the same time, the majority of people who bought this game bought it on a console. 
So like the best thing that we can do and the most honest thing that we can do is attest to our own experience the way that honestly CD Projekt Red meant for it to be played. So I got to ask you, what do you give the rating for the graphics and the art style? So I'm going to like rate it on its potential for PC rather than like what I can actually run it at, which is like it's like a nine, nine and a half out of ten. I'll, I'll go with the lower one just, you know, to be fair to the rest of everybody. But like, yeah, it's I don't think I've seen better graphics in a game. And like, obviously, that's kind of what you want from the newest game to come out. Absolutely. They really did. Um, All right, so I was about to give uh, what your score for the game would be with um, a little summary of your thoughts and then what my grade would be with some of my thoughts. Before I do that and we kind of go into score, final thoughts, and legacy of the game, is there anything else about Cyberpunk 2077 you wanted our audience to kind of know before we let it go? You know, I can't, if I had anything to add to what we've already said, I don't know what it would be. You took a lot of notes, are you sure? Last chance, nothing else you want to talk about? You know, if I think of something, I'll say it, but I think I got through a lot of what I had to say. Did you get it off your chest? Oh, no, it's still sitting there, but, you know, at least I got, at least, you know, some people heard it. If you were to take the average of the scores that you have given in all of the categories, basically what you gave the game was... So if you are rounding this up, Peaches gave the game a 9.3 out of 10. Now, that is a phenomenal game. Yeah, I mean, that's basically how I feel about it. I mean... I think I, I I really was able to look past the bugs and glitches quite a bit. And like this game is a gem. They did a great job with it. I couldn't agree with that anymore. Um, well, actually, that's not completely true, because if you take my score, I gave it a <laughs> 9.1 out of 10. Oh, you son of a bitch. We're going to throw it out. <laughs> now, hold on. The overall the average score on this on Metacritic was a nine by professional reviewers. So both of us gave it a higher score than what any of these schmucks did. Let's talk about some of the differences. So, on the gameplay, you gave the game an 8.5 out of 10, um, taking off some of the points for the um, a little bit of menu stuff, um, especially crafting system. I gave it a 7.5. Now, I thought that the menu system for what it was supposed to be was pretty intuitive, but... They, I, in my opinion, they didn't do a very good job of explaining to you how everything works, or at least they threw way too much at you at once. Like the crafting system is just mentioned at like a passing conversation with the guns dealer over at the side, along with like how to equip weapons and how to do all this stuff. Um, and then the body enhancements with that ripper, your friend in the basement. It's all just given to you in these short little spurts that, in my opinion, did not really give you enough time to actually figure out how to do it without just saying, fuck it, I'll do it myself. But JP, doesn't Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild kind of do the same thing? Yes, it does. But Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild doesn't have nearly as in-depth of mechanics as this does. Really? Because, I mean, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has the annoying thing where you have to watch your body temperature and change your clothes or eat spicy food. I can't tell you how annoyed I was with that shit. Are you kidding? Yeah. I I quit the game for two years because I couldn't stand it. You have a point, but you know what to do, right? Because you are also a person. So when Link starts shivering, you're like, oh, he's probably cold. Well, what what do I do when I'm cold? I put on heavier clothes. (laughs) (laughs) They don't really tell you how to get like a heavier coat, though. It's just like, okay, well... I'm cold. 
how do I fix this problem? All I have is the stuff that I have right now. And my weapons keep breaking because the weapons... Hey, we're not talking about Breath of the Wild. I'll we'll move past this. I have, I, I have a lot of let qualms. Me, let, me, let me say this. Let me see, say this. I understand the point you're trying to make, but like, just as like a final say, Breath of the Wild's mechanics are actually pretty simple, in my opinion. And there's beauty in the simplicity of Breath of the Wild. I think it's part of the reason why it was so successful. Cyberpunk 2077 is a very in-depth game and therefore has a very in-depth system of learning. Like, there's so many different things that you need to really know how to do when you're going into a game like this. First of all, learning how to uh, go into like all of the RPG elements of the game with updating all of the stats on their own, and then each of the stats have their own stats that can also be upgraded at one time. Like, that hardly was explained at all. It's something you got to figure out for yourself. The cybernetic enhancements is something that, like, you're given a brief explanation of, but mostly you have to figure out what's going on for yourself. And the same with, like, the gun system, the menu system, the crafting. A lot of it is things that I feel like could have been explained better on top of, like, a couple of lacking mechanics. I disagree with uh, about how a lot of it could have been explained better. I think they, okay. they specifically just get you started, so that way you kind of choose your own path for how you want to, like, play the game, like, through those things. Sure. But, like, like, that's my experience, not yours, so. Yep, that's fair. That's uh, that's totally fair, and that is just, we're going to have to agree to disagree, because we could sit, I, I have sat with you for hours and debated <laughs> stuff, so... <laughs> Um, here on this so on characters we both gave it a 10 I like just from what I know about you you and I kind of are on the same level where we think that characters and story are pretty much everything when it comes to a game and you know you could have amazing gameplay but if your characters and your story are shit you don't have a game so I think it says a lot that you and I both gave it a 10 one because that's the best possible score you can give it but two I know you and I hold like pretty much the same value on characters yeah i mean definitely like again like i just if there was something to improve i don't know what it would be on in that category uh story you gave it a 9.5 i gave it a 10 and like i'm only like deducting points because like side gigs you know there's some cut and paste side gigs but other than that i think they really crushed it and you're absolutely right um if the side if those side gigs have been like mandatory to the story i would have agreed with you but I thought mm-hmm. the main campaign, along with the side missions, were giving you so much that, like, the side gigs being a little bland was such a s- small smudge on what otherwise is pretty much a flawless story. Um, yeah. You and I both agreed, though, that this story is creative, it's engaging, it's memorable. It's memorable. When you're talking about how impactful a story is, you're absolutely right. Like, sometimes you play a game and it leaves you with a feeling but you remember the feeling more than you remember what actually happened in the story. This game is not going to have that problem. I guess if there's one thing I would say in regards to the story, I, I was a bit disappointed in like how some of the choices like that I made throughout the story didn't impact it later. But I'm aware that's kind of my bias for Mass Effect, like where like you do these side missions and like they kind of have an effect for what goes on like later in the story. And that mechanic has a different effect on a game like Mass Effect than it does on Cyberpunk. And like you said, it's also arbitrary depending on the person rating the game. But a 9.5 versus a 10 is literally a 0.5 difference. So I think you and I are pretty much on the same page there. And finally, um, the graphics. If we both agreed that, you know, 
it was pretty much as good as it could be if you have the right equipment. We both gave it a nine. I, I the only reason I bring it down a nine instead of a ten is because I don't know. I feel like a ten for graphics would imply that it it's like photorealistic. And we're not quite there yet. But given where we are right now with technology, and we just of course upped the game with the release of the Xbox Series X. Uh, the PlayStation 5, and the newest line of graphics cards from NVIDIA, and hell, even the ones from AMD. I mean, we're working with some heavy stuff here, and I think it looks great for what it was. And that leaves you with a score of a 9.3 out of 10, and me with a score of a 9.1 out of 10. What do you think, man? That's a pretty good game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is the game everything it was hyped up to be? I, I would say, yeah, probably. I mean, like... For me, the game was like in, in my view, the game was hyped up to be this incredible narrative focused on these building these characters and these stories and absolutely delivered on that. But for other people, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they wanted GTA driving and like joining factions like you do in Fallout and three different stories based on your life path and like customization beyond what your imagination can even think of. But I think that all in all, like from what I wanted the game to be, it really kind of matched the hype for what I was expecting. And you're an avid listener of our podcast. So, you know, you know that we take it seriously when we're going over things like Metacritic. Like, okay, are you deducting points because it takes away from the game experience? Or are you deducting points because there's some expectation you had that was not met? Right, exactly. And like, it's hard to, it, it is, it's a hard thing to do to separate hype from, you know, the game itself because... You know, we, you, what you expect from the game has like a big impact on how it plays for you. It's hard coming to this point, you know, where we were all hyped up for this game. And then, you know, you see all the news and all the shit coming out before it was even released. That kind of bogs your opinion. And you're like, well, let's see where this goes. Then the game is released to such controversy and all this stuff around it. And to get to this point where you can still give it a good rating, I mean, it's a relief if I'm being honest, because (laughs) I'm so sick of like, obviously, like I said, the last time we did this was with The Last of Us Part 2. And I wanted that game to be good in every aspect possible, probably because of the hype. And for what it's worth, you know, you listen to my review. I did enjoy the game and I have a lot of great things to say about the game. But it was so heartbreaking still to see just like one of my and a lot of people's most beloved franchises just like shrouded in all of this controversy and you know all of this weird stuff going along with it but at the same time that kind of makes what we're doing here fun and i think it's kind of like indicative of how controversial a game is um i'm a big browser of reddit like the last of us two (laughs) sub (laughs) oh so you have the yeah so you know what you're talking about right so like (laughs) i've seen a lot of hate Right. And so, like, it's funny because the Last of Us 2 subreddit after the game launched became like a Last of Us 2 hate subreddit, whereas like the Last of Us 1 subreddit became where you went to praise the Last of Us 2. And like now with Cyberpunk, it's like, all right, Cyberpunk 2077 game subreddit is now where you go to talk about why you hate the game. And you go to low sodium Cyberpunk to like talk about like the things that you like about the game. And it's just, it's interesting like how it really splits a fan base. It absolutely is. But at the end of the day, like, I think it's important for people to know where to go to to get more, like, credible, like, opinions about the game. Because what we do on this podcast, we're not journalists by any means. We're commentators. So all Mm -hmm. we do is give our opinions on these things. But 
at the same time, like I am of the opinion that our opinions are a little bit more credible because we do our best to look at things objectively or subjectively. Sorry. It's, it's hard to, I, I think you, you want to take like an objective look at like the game. Cause you know, it's like, all right, what are like the facts of this game versus like what, like what is like subjectively bad about it? You know, like the facts of this game are like, I, you know, like it or not, the game has an incredible story. I mean, it's hard to like critique the story because it's really, really good. Uh, I, um, and so like from an, from an objective standpoint, it absolutely is great. But like, you know, there's, there's going to be these people like they're, they're mad because you know, the game came out bugged and all this stuff. And they're going to let that like dictate how they like view the game, which, you know, you, you, there's an argument to be made either side if that's fair or not. I am of the opinion that that does count for something. The amount of bugs and glitches that happen, you know, that are in the game and the lack of um, just the unplayability on consoles when that's what most people are experiencing the game on. Like, that's what's making this so challenging. And even though why I'm a little like, why there's a hint of melancholy in my voice, despite the fact that we've given this game such a high review is because I know that fact, you know, that most people are not having this experience that you and I had. Most people are having a not great experience with this game. Yeah, and I mean, if there's anything you could say to console people, is just like, wait like, I don't know, six months, right? Wait six months, see if the game's fixed, and try it then. Because it really is nearing that unplayable point for console. It absolutely Wait is. until the game should have come out. Right, yeah, exactly. you're not kidding. And I mean, for PC, it, the December 10th launch date was probably good because it, it has been focused on the PC. But like for consoles, it should have come out six months from now. You're gosh darn right. Uh, honestly, there's an argument to be made whether it should have been released at all. Like for any any uh, console, PC, whatever on December 10th because they cut features from the game to get get it to that December 10th launch date. Like somebody found like a whole train system that's not being used oh, because they cool. didn't have time to get it working. Well, that's what crunch and death threats will do. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's a whole issue with the industry. And like until these games that like these developers that are forcing like people to crunch to get it done, stop getting all this money and all these awards. Like look at Last of Us 2. Like they, they worked under crunch and it won five awards at the Game Awards, so. This is actually a problem in my opinion, the whole, and I know it's kind of going off the rails a little bit, but I think it's more indicative, or I think it says more about like gamers than it does about gaming companies that these things are kind of an issue because game companies know damn well that the better this game is, the more people are going to want it and therefore more sales because nothing has hurt CD Projekt Red more than seeing all these people with pre-orders. It's like, okay, yeah, they've had 8 million pre-orders, but how many of those have been returned? And how many physical copies yeah. of the games have been returned? That hurts their reputation, and now people, you know, past the launch date, aren't buying it because they want to see how it goes. They want to see if it gets fixed up. And it's like, okay, well, none of this would have happened if they had just had the ample amount, or the amount of time that they needed to finish the product. I, for one, am always of the opinion that I am willing to wait for a game's launch as long as it takes within reason for them to make the game as good as it possibly could be. And the reason why we're in this situation is because not everybody agreed with that. Yeah, I mean, like, 
Well, in the I think the real people that matter who didn't agree with it is like these executives and the higher ups at CD Projekt Red. They wanted to cash in on Cyberpunk while the hype was still hot, you know. And you know, it's just that wasn't the right choice for the game. And the, honestly, it wasn't the right choice for the developers because they had to work under crunch to even meet this deadline and, and meet it at this at the state the game is in right now. And then get death threats. Exactly, and like. <laughs> Well, let's just be clear. No one deserves death threats for any reason. Like, it's a whole mess. But, like, these executives are really, you know, jeopardizing, like, mental health of their workers and all this stuff. And it's a huge issue right now. It really is. It really is. And we've covered a lot of that on the podcast. We're huge advocators of the mental health awareness for these game developers because it is a serious problem in the industry. I'm in the opinion that there's no negative side to waiting for these games to come out other than you have to wait a little bit longer. The product's usually better. Uh, The mental health can be preserved of these people who work so hard to make the games. And, you know, something where I disagree with Peaches is I think, like I said, within reason, the hype of this game would have remained no longer, no matter how long they pushed it out, you know, because they've, they've done such a phenomenal job with marketing this game. That, you know, if they had waited until mid-2021 to launch it, we probably would have seen it a lot more complete with a lot more of these features with the same amount of pre-orders, in my opinion. Maybe, but it's it's hard to hold on to hype for a game over such a long period of time. Because naturally, if something isn't coming out, you know, uh, I think uh, Game of Thrones with their dragons, right? You yeah. know, you're, you're waiting and waiting for dragons. Oh, they're coming! <laughs> They're coming. Yeah, <laughs> the pieces are coming. Yeah, you're, you're waiting and waiting for dragons. Uh, and like, you know, you can't keep people excited for dragons without delivering, you know? That's fair. And uh, a big comparison to that is Halo Infinite. I feel like they have lost all of their hype from when they were supposed to drop as a launch title with the new Xbox. And now they're going to be early next year. I, I don't see any hype for Halo anymore on, on social media platforms. Absolutely. And like, how do you rebuild? How do you rebuild that hype? It's hard to do because, like, once people have lost it, it really is like, yeah, I was excited for it, but now I'll just check it out when it comes out. All right. So those are, we've given our rating. We've given our final thoughts on the game overall and a little bit about the culture. The last thing I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about is the legacy. So we have seen infamous legacies come from launches and games like this, right? Like, to this day, No Man's Sky, for example, has one of the most infamous launches of all time. Um, What do you think the overall legacy is going to be for this game down the road? Do you think CD Projekt Red is going to be able to meet their goal of making this a timeless game that can be played for decades to come? It's hard to say. I think that this game is definitely going to eventually reach the point that it was supposed to be at on launch. Like, I think within like i want to say for pc by like march april this game is going to be where it was supposed to be as far as like removing bugs glitches etc um as far as like adding features in i think we're going to be like a couple years down the line before like you know because they were they've already planned like dlcs and multiplayer for this game Mm -hmm. and that you know that's come in years to come and i i do think that this game is gonna go down as like one of like the great games like ever to come out like you know like one of your skyrims or your witchers i think this game is kind of going to go in that same category in years Mm. to come so you think that despite the controversy and the launch this is still going to have like a positive well 
seen and well thought of legacy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Witcher launched with bugs and glitches as well. I mean, obviously not to the extent that Cyberpunk did, but Witcher launched the same way. And like now, if you if you look up the Witcher, every everybody has or Witcher three specifically, everybody has nothing but good things to say right now. That's a really good opinion. I appreciate you giving it. Um, I unfortunately have a little bit more of a pessimistic view. Um, my fears are that you know we talked about how we have never seen a game that was more hyped up before launch than Cyberpunk 2077. And I mean that. I really, I don't, I can't even think of a game that's ever come close. And so like, there was a lot riding on its launch to be good because, you know, the more the hype is, the harder it can fall and crash. And I think that there's just too much working against Cyberpunk 2077 to give it that good, positive, you know, one of the best games ever legacy i think that there's just too much kind of negative energy shrouding it and even though i'll always remember my experience with the game fondly i know that most people did not have the same experience that i had with the game and even when these things are fixed eventually i don't think a lot of people who have given up on this being a good game are going to come back to it um i think that might be an issue but i also look at no man's sky as the example like you know we we, you mentioned it right there like no man's sky had a terrible launch but honestly if you look around the community right now no man's sky is known for how well they fixed up the game and made it what it was supposed to be and i've played it and it's is really good and it's definitely better than what it was at launch and like that's my view of it and i think that's a lot of people's view is what the game is supposed to be at and like like that's how they're going to look at it going forward that's absolutely true. In fact, when we did our episode over voting in the Game Awards, we voted for best community support in that category goes to No Man's Sky because of that reason. Um, but still, I mean, even beyond No Man's Sky, which, by the way, was also really hyped up before it's uh, before it was released to be met with such, you know, disdain. I just think that it was too much for Cyberpunk to be able to handle. Um I like I could be totally wrong. I hope I'm wrong, in fact, because this really is a special game. CD Projekt Red, I love them as a studio. I, you know, I love the fact that it really genuinely seemed like it hurt them every time they had to say this game is going to be delayed. And not just from like a financial point of view, because we've seen more of those heartfelt tweets, you know, after the game's launch like you know we made a promise to gamers and we're gonna fix this game the best that we can and we're so sorry to everybody who bought this on console and did not have their expectations met obviously it's a financial thing what they're doing and trying to save some face but i really genuinely feel like they also do feel like they owe something to the gaming community with this game so by all means i really hope i'm wrong i hope that we look at this as just a rocky start that kind of led to this awesome road i just don't see it happening we have been on this for a while and i feel like you guys have made some really good points and you guys have really like shifted it from this negative persona that i had going in to a lot of positive so i appreciate that is there any final thoughts before we close this one out yeah zach's ready to get out here and watch some football um i'm just i mean I the times don't play till late you guys have been talking for two hours nothing to do with that i'm just like you're, no. no you're not wrong my voice hurts uh, <laughs> i can't wait to tell jp i told you so and yeah that's my final thoughts yeah, we all take pleasure from JP being wrong. <laughs> Even JP takes pleasure in JP being wrong. <laughs> Just looking at myself in the mirror. Ah, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he 
just we've talked about you so much on the podcast it's almost surreal actually having you on i'm sure the fans will be happy too well i hope so i mean i i hope people don't give me death threats in, on twitter or anything <laughs> no more than they give to the rest of us we did refer all fans to send angry mail directly to you and also, most of our hate mail comes from you. So. <laughs> hey, but to be fair, I leave that to your DMs. That's, yep, that's fair. I guess you're just going to have to publicly tweet at us now. Peaches, it has been great having you, my dude. You got to come back and be a guest host for one of our, our fun little segments and really torture us with some video game trivia. Oh, yeah, just let me know. I mean, if it's Mass Effect related, I'm going to drill you. Oh, Jesus. Can we just, uh, we should just do one episode where we tell Zara it's like going to be all of us doing Mass Effect trivia. And then Zach and I don't show up. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Peaches yelling at Zara. <laughs> You're an idiot. You're wrong. I know. <laughs> what do you mean you haven't read the books? <laughs> there's books? There are oh, books. Yeah. yeah, there's tons of them. Jeez Louise. Hey, well, guys, thanks for having me. It was great to be here. I had a good time. I hope the listeners had a good time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. It was great to talk about the cyberpunk episode, but you know what's really going to fucking suck? Editing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to suck. But to be fair, I had it coming since Zara's been doing all the work for the last two weeks. (laughs) That's true. This is is payback. Karma's a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I had had surgery. Karma. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope you have your own little outro plan because thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast and we'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.